Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots. Hey everybody, welcome to Growing Up Fire, episode 9. I'm out here at Green Acres Community and I'm with uh, Gilbert and Tim. And we're going to be talking about Acres Emergency Vehicles today and fire trucks, all things fire trucks. I uh, can't tell you how excited I am here to be with these guys. I don't think they're super excited to be here, but that's okay. We'll work through those uh, those moments. Uh, for me, you know, we've, we had an Acres truck when I was in Slave Lake. Definitely got to be out to the plant here, you know, probably uh, half a dozen times or more now. And uh, I always feel like I'm at home here, guys. Thanks for that. Appreciate that you take the time out of your Saturday to chill out with me here and talk fire trucks. So let's start, Tim, with fire trucks. How did this all get started? Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having us. I appreciate the opportunity to talk, but I'm not sure I totally agree with an earlier statement. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I am now excited to be here because uh, we do have a story to tell. We have something to be proud of and and such. But yes, it would have, going back into the 1990s, we uh, mid-1990s, we we split up from our mother community and um, built a new place here down at Wawanisa, Manitoba. And I became, uh, I was at the age, uh, there was a uh, position uh, became available for for the metal fabricator on the new community. And uh, they put me to that job and task and we put up a new facility and uh, I guess for me, it was never enough uh, of a challenge just to provide services for the community, the local community. Uh, there was always that inner drive to take on bigger challenges. And uh, the one day, well, for four years, four or five years, we did uh, we did start the business up and provide uh, services to the local industry, both agricultural and livestock and such. And then we did some for Manitoba Hydro, Winnipeg Hydro, some contracting uh, contract manufacturing. And then uh, four years into that or so, we uh, we had a local bring a used aerial that he had purchased from the U.S. to our facility to have it refurbished. And uh, it actually came to a department other than the uh, this fabricating department on our community. It went to the mechanical division. It needed, for the most part, a, a, a paint job and such. So... It ended ended up coming to our department for metalwork, and that's what that's what would have gotten us to do, you know to come up close to a fire truck and touch and work on it. But after that truck went uh, went on to its uh, what was placed in service, it would have uh, gone to the it, it it was delivered to the city of Swift Current, where it stayed in service for about uh, ten years. Then uh, Fort Gary Industries sold them a new one, took it in trade. It then was sold to another community out in Quebec, where it stayed in service for another 10 years. And then it went and retired somewhere out in New Brunswick. So that's the story about that first that vehicle. First area, we okay. didn't build it, but the first one we ever worked on. But then uh, the same individual put us in touch with an organization in Winnipeg called Summit Fire Protection. The owner was, uh, his name was Jim Haywood. He was purchasing apparatus out of BC. We went and had a meeting with him one day and made him an offer he couldn't re refuse it was it was easy for him to to uh 
to agree. We offered to build him a truck that he didn't have to buy if he didn't like it. That deal's not on the table for anyone listening. No, no it's not on the table. It's not on the table. That was a one time. <laughs> but at that time already, we knew that we had the ability to produce one um, on the metalworking side. We didn't know how it was done or anything, but we knew that we could quickly learn and, and do the right thing. Nice. And so, so Gilbert, I'll flick it over to you because as far as quickly learning, you're, you're the guy I've had to see a million times do this in fire trucks that I've had and problems we've had. I was in Slave Lake the other day talking with Greg and he was working on you with you on a bunch of electrical stuff over the phone, of course, because COVID times, right? And so around the factory here, you're the quick learn guy, the how are we going to do this? How are we going to fix that? The electrical uh, guy around this place. So when did you start with uh, building the trucks here at Acres? Hi, so I'm Gilbert. Uh, I started working here part-time just out of high school. We, uh, I worked after, I think, I think I was last year of high school. I worked here after school for, for a bit, helped my uncle Larry work with the electrical right from the, from the beginning. And over the past 15 odd years, I've been slowly just working through the electrical and now I'm Basically, I do a lot of the troubleshooting, the design work, uh, and like you said, a lot of the uh, all the troubleshooting. Troubleshooting, stuff. yeah. All the hey, it's I have a problem. <laughs> we tell Tim, and then he puts us through to you. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and then so uh, too bad Peter couldn't be here today, right? But so then all the mechanical stuff, we kind of we spend a lot of time talking with him, parts and broken pieces, and people normally wouldn't want to talk about that. But so this is a podcast for fires, about firefighters, about growing up fire. And there's no way you grow up fire without breaking a few things. Let's just put that out there. So sadly, you guys are used to firefighters being hard on fire trucks and, and having to help us and coax us through the problems and kind of go through that. So you started out, you kind of repaired one, you built your first one. Do you know where that truck is today? Yes, uh, that went to Rotherham in Northern Saskatchewan and it's still in service there. It's still in service. So Rotherham, if you want to sell it back to Acres, Tim's open to it, just call us. Yes, give give (laughs) us a call, give us a call. The first one, I always bug you, how come when I drive up to the community entrance, there's no fire truck parked there? So maybe there's a plan formulating. Here. Maybe another 10 years, Jamie, it needs to be old. Uh, they're all too new yet. That's so 20, 22 years I, um, we've been in business now, and I guess there's still too much value in that vehicle. So maybe another 10 years when... We'll, we'll start putting the plan together so that it's there. Today. It'll be retired. We'll be giving you a call, Rothstein. <laughs> We're coming for that truck. Right on. And so here, like now over the years, right? So now you start with that one type of fire truck. Now you build, I mean, I don't even how many types of fire trucks that you build here you know just building fire trucks wildland fire trucks uh, put together some command trucks build tankers tenders you know uh, all of these cool contracts so i'm going to start with tim right in your history here what do you think is the coolest fire truck that you ever designed and built and put out there on the market well i would have to turn towards steinbeck manitoba that's a spartan gladiator top mount enclosed so from a functionality maneuverability serviceability and and sheer size uh that would have been the nicest emergency vehicle we ever worked on yeah you like that one i do i do i'm a fan of spartan chassis uh they they have an an application which is urban settings and uh, primarily what we do is the municipal fire service so we don't see them a ton 
but I'd have to say um, well, that would be the gem. Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely like it, right? We bought a, um, a Spartan when we bought that truck from you guys when I was still in Slave Lake. Uh, first custom cab truck that we ever had there. We were pretty excited to get that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that and that whole process to buy the truck. But So shoot it over to you, Gilbert. Best truck, coolest thing. What's Mine would actually have to be the, the big pumper one in the local fire department. Okay. I'm uh, 13 years in the fire department, and I just feel the the whole layout of the top control with being in a rural setting, we have 1500 gallons of water on that truck. It just gives you a lot of uh, functionality for the size of the truck. Nice. It's got a front uh, suction for narrow roadways. We got a dump chute in the back, lots of storage, but very capable. Truck. And, and I guess you guys better like it because there's what, there's like seven people from the plant here on the fire department in Wawanisa. So almost half of the people that work at the plant are on the fire department. And so to me, I always loved that part. I love that part of the story that there's firefighters working at the fire truck place, building fire trucks for the fire service, and they understand how they're going to be used and how they're going to be built. And, and when we ask, I always, you know, I think of uh, regular people talking to firefighters and they must think that we're all nuts anyways, right? We're running into fires and we're <laughs> flying down the highway doing this stuff. So I love that we have that aspect where firefighters are actually helping with this stuff. And, and I don't have to feel awkward when I'm talking to you about how I want it to go, right? If I say I want the suction off this side or that side, you know, the people here all understand what I'm saying and, and uh, we can troubleshoot it and figure it out together. So I, I got to tell you, I love that part. Yeah, and I feel that the fact that we have this so many years of experience in the fire industry, it definitely helps tremendously in the design of the truck. Like just like you said, right now we can understand why things are done in a certain way and and make recommendations based on experience in fighting fires. Right on. So, so we kick back to the business side, Tim, of of fighting or uh, building fire trucks, and you've got trucks across Canada. I know when I was out in Nova Scotia for CVFSA, there's I'm going every every second department has an acres fire truck and they're talking about how awesome they are and how well built they are. And every single one of those guys names you by name. So no pressure, but uh, you know, definitely they all talk to you. Right. And so how does that feel? You get to talk to all these amazing fire chiefs, fire departments across Canada. Yeah. I used to Jamie, not so much anymore since uh, Seahawk has come along, but uh, I'm still on the odd uh, conference call and such when we do initial uh, proposal and uh, bits bid writing and bid specking but no it's an honor it's an absolute honor and to break new ground in a faraway uh, province like Nova Scotia is is truly special because they don't know you they bought because they heard the emergency acres emergency vehicle was a quality vehicle and they had not seen it uh, before some of them uh, you know submitted their orders they 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 trusted that what they were hearing was, was accurate. So it's a humbling, un, very honorable experience to be a part of. So for me, I've been to a few different plants, uh, looked at lots of different fire trucks. Uh, as a fire chief, I uh, was actually, I don't know if it was lucky or unlucky because of the things that happened in Slave Lake, but got to buy a lot of fire trucks. So I think I was part of the purchase of about eight fire trucks in my uh, 20 full-time years of doing that. Got to be a part of buying a couple of fire halls and you know, kind of the big purchases and the big things. But when I walk around on your plant floor, I got to tell you guys, I love it. It's just, uh, I mean, it's all the big red toys, right? I, I, I especially love that I don't see a whole bunch of the yellow ones. I'm from that generation that doesn't like the yellow ones. I wasn't in love with the white ones. I'm a red fire truck guy. As a little kid, I had little red fire trucks. As an adult, I buy red fire trucks. 
sorry to all the listeners. You guys can shout out on social media at Chief Goots on Instagram and tell me your hate stories about colors. But uh, at the end of the day, I love a good red fire truck. I walked in today. There's four big red fire trucks, different processes. And uh, for me, what I love the most, and, and we'll start with you first, Gilbert, and go back to Tim, is I love that I can walk up to any one of those trucks and ask a question. And it, it doesn't even have to be one of you two guys. It could be anyone out there on the floor from the kids that are just learning at the bottom to the, the guys at the top. And they'll know who it's for. They'll know where it's going. Right. And they'll know kind of the special qualities that that truck has. And so it, it's kind of like getting a newborn and bringing it all the way up to a teenager. And then you got to shoot it out there into the world. So, so Gilbert, how does that feel? Like you work on this truck for months, sometimes months and months, and then it's all done and it goes out the front door and you know it's going to its new home you'll never see it again what's that like well it's definitely like you by the time the truck is done like you said we've put many hundreds of hours man hours in there you've touched and worked with every single part of the truck and it's definitely uh like there's a definitely a proud moment seeing it drive out of the shop like you just see the back end of it just leave and it's 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 definitely humbling and a proud moment to say that to see that it's um uh, it's going to a home where it's uh, going to be appreciated and uh, used and put through its paces. Yeah, it's, it's going to be used hard. Like it'll never be as new and as nice as that day for sure. So we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what Acres is all about and, and how you feel about it. So you used to use a slogan called demand quality because you deserve it, right? And so, Tim, let's talk a little bit about that. How, how do you feel when the truck, you know, that brand new truck shooting out to its home? Now a whole lot different than I did many years ago. So many years ago, it was um, it was exciting to see a fire truck, a complete vehicle roll out the door. Uh, but I have to say today, my mentality is different. That aspect will never go away. But now, especially when I get to be part of deliveries, which don't happen as much anymore as they used to. But for me today is to see the loyal and hard or selfless volunteers uh, take delivery of a new piece of equipment that's going to make their job a whole lot easier. They're out there saving property and lives, and we have the ability at Acres. We've been, we've developed a product line, a reputation, a service network to deliver and service a quality emergency vehicle for the for for basically a lifetime. Um, that is what inspires me the most now. So, so I got to tell you guys, I think you remember the day I got invited out here and, and uh, you said, hey, you know, could you do a little talk about the fire and talk about the fire trucks and, and uh, everything that happened after for the community? And so I was like, yeah, OK, you know, I, I do these talks across the country and I'm supposed to be this guy that's fearless. But uh, I got to tell you guys, I, the most nervous I've ever been before doing a talk was coming to this community where you guys are building fire trucks and do a a talk right and so it started off it was going to be in the big kitchen and then we moved it down to the church and and we're setting up and and i'm looking out and i was thinking i i don't know how everybody stands you know not everybody but how the ministers stand up here and have this pressure all the time so i'm staring out into the community everybody here's part of it everybody kind of knows uh why i'm there and and so uh you know there's so much pressure and i'm sitting there and i was talking about it and then you did it and, and it was easy. <laughs> it was. Well, I don't know if it was easy, right? But then, you know, Larry hit me with a couple of tough questions and I was trying to answer all that stuff. And and uh, it, was, it was just like a really nerve wracking day because the community here is so invested in what's going on. And uh, 
I wanted to make sure that they understood how important it is to the firefighters, the job that's getting done here, right? I, I don't want to be hard on GM or Ford or any of those guys, but they're building the pickup. It's kind of like having a horse in the old days. Everyone had to have one in here doing it. You want to be proud of that and do a good job. But the pride in building a fire truck, knowing that it's going to go out there and it's going to be working with firefighters and putting out fires and helping at rescue calls, keeping us safe, keeping the community safe, that, that's a lot of pressure, right? It's uh, And so I'm going to talk about this in front of the whole community. And, and I got to tell you, I was like super nervous, right? And so demand quality because you deserve it makes sense, right? Firefighters do. They, they're doing a tough job. Well, you're arriving on scene. There's I have to mention the, the last call that the local fire department responded to a, a month ago and or three weeks ago. And again, it uh, it made an impact on, on how I see what we do uh, every day is uh, these people responded to uh, an MVC. It was midnight. It was very dark, very cold. And they responded on scene to save the life of a person that was most certainly dying very soon. His life would have been lost. But our team showed up and the emergency vehicles had to basically not break down. They had to, they had to arrive on scene, be reliable, provide provide the necessary tools and equipment of it to basically take this vehicle apart and save this person's life. So the, the alternative is, is uh, to not being reliable is, is to be the opposite, the alternative, which isn't an alternative because that would have claimed the man's life had this vehicle not, not been, uh, you know, able to uh, take the firefighters, bring them on scene and then to deliver whatever equipment is needed off it. So no, everything functioned as planned, as as designed at that scene. And that person is alive and thriving today. Yeah. So like no pressure, right? <laughs> you just have the whole fire service on your back, carrying it around the plant here while you build fire trucks. I guess you can't think of that day to day, right? So you're, you, you know, you just do a good job and you build the truck and you work through the problems. And, uh, you know, Gilbert, I, I think of some of the conversations we have and, uh, you know, when I was fire chief and I just, I would just say what I want. This is what I want. I want this light tower to go up. I want it to spin 360 degrees. I want it to work off the generator. I don't want the generator to be in my way. And I don't really care what problems that causes for anyone else. I just want it my way. So, you know, when you look at the new technologies today, right, you open up the side panels of a truck and there's, let's just say, miles of wire in there, right? I can remember opening up some, I think, while Greg was working on his truck and there's about, you know, 500 feet of red wire in there. And of course, all the bomb jokes fire up, they cut the red wire. And, uh, but you got to know what every single one of those wires does, where it goes, how it, and then make sure it doesn't break down in those critical times that Tim was just talking about. It's, it's definitely uh, something that's on the back of your mind all the time. Like We don't just build it for the sake of building it. We also build the apparatus is designed for service. Because like you said earlier, stuff does break down. So we always try to keep in mind, like, is this, will the people be able to service it? Like there is no, there's nothing on that truck that, that, does not get that level of treatment and uh it's always always been that way and will always be so i gotta tell this story again i know you guys have heard this but for me why you know part of the reason why i love coming to acres was you sold us our first custom cab truck right we've done tons of business together and all kinds of things uh, i get to come here and, and feel like i'm part of the family part of the community which i love but uh so i'll just go to this story 
for everyone else that doesn't know it and we got a call one early morning in slave lake and the weather was terrible and the, and so as the fire chief i'm not going out to those calls so went down to the fire hall and uh i knew the guys were going out to the call we had a duty officer he was on his way out there and uh when they got to the scene it, it showed up about four kilometers faster than the kilometers they'd been given and so they were at like doing 100 it was a pretty bad day so let's just say they're doing 100 slowed down to 90 slowed down to 80 right my son ryan was actually driving that day and uh, all of a sudden they pop over a hill they're talking with the duty officer there's a guy that needs cpr needs to be extricated and have cpr there's another guy that's critically injured and so you're trying to be fast but you're trying to be slow because the roads are so bad he pops over this ridge there's an suv our duty officer truck a semi loaded with oil and then the vehicle that's been crashed and the person that needs help. And so in our driver training, he says it's all, you know, you're supposed to see an open lane somewhere to go. And there was none. He just saw red, red, red. And so the only yellow that he saw is hit the ditch. So at whatever, 80 kilometers an hour, he drove the truck straight into the ditch, hit an approach, bounced off the approach, and then buried headfirst into the mud, up almost to the top of the front tires on the truck. This is the part that's for you guys and for everybody else when we're talking about fire trucks. Nobody was injured on the truck. There was one lady bumped her elbow, but she got out. They all got out of the truck and within two minutes of arriving on scene, had the guy out of the truck and were doing CPR and trying to tend to his critical injuries. They were working on the other guy with critical injuries. And uh, everyone looked back and, you know, you could see the truck is the background now and it's buried in the mud. and. And uh, they got to call me up, right? And so they're, they're uh, never mind that it's my son, but that whole crew is like a family to me. And those are like all my kids. And they call me up and say, six of us just got in this accident. And, uh, the, you know, we, we got the guy out. Is everyone okay? Yes. Is the people we went to, the, you know, they're in the ambulance and on the way to town. And so we're like, okay, we'll, we'll dig the truck out. And uh, so for me, without getting too emotional, I got to tell you guys that I thank you and I thank everyone on this community for building these trucks to a level that allows us to have that. Like you, you saved my family in more ways than one that day. You know, you know, Jamie hats off to Spartan chassis. They build an awesome uh, cabin chassis, but at, by the same token, everything behind the cab, uh, which is what, what we do was engineered and was tried and tested on that particular day. What, what amazes me is the story you tell, Jamie, after that incident, that was quite a, a forceful entry into the ditch and uh, sudden stop. And you went on to say that all doors functioned properly. They were able to open and access the equipment and put it to use to save somebody's life. So, and that's why, that's why go back to that slogan, demand quality, you deserve it because it has to work. And it did work even in, in such an unusual event. Yeah, it, it was crazy. You know, of course, eventually we got to load it up on a semi, haul it out here. And, and I think I it wasn't very long. Within a month or six weeks, you guys had it all tuned back up and put back into place and, and uh, you know, been using it ever since. So that's incredible stuff. Right. And I know it's got to hurt everyone's feelings a bit when we wreck their equipment, but it's going to happen. Those kinds of things are going to happen. Someone's going to run into one of the trucks and, and that truck's going to protect us. And so, you know, to talk about, so you move from demand quality because you deserve it to built for a life of service. And, and Gilbert, you talked about a life of service, right? So making sure that your truck's of that quality, that we're, it's not breaking down all the time. And that when these bad things happen, honestly, if the fan housing wouldn't have slipped on the truck, 
they could have drove the truck back to town that day. That That's incredible. That's after bouncing off an approach and burying into the ditch. And just to add to the force of the collision, uh, there's a rock guard that's attached to the bottom side. Uh, it either protects the engine or the transmission. I'm not sure. It's made of heavy 3-8 plate. It was torn off. It was hanging down. So in order for something like that to remove itself from, from underneath, that shows force. So they came to a quick halt and the, the machine survived. So, and those stories are so important to a manufacturer, in this case, Acres, because we engineer, we design, but we never get to really test it in, in real life and see how it would perform at a very unusual uh, incident. But so this was awesome on our part to be able to, you know, get some feedback as to how the Acres emergency vehicle would stand. And most importantly is, Nobody got hurt. Yeah. And and we learned that our design proved itself. That's the part we all talked about. It's the part we talked about till today, right? You hope you never get in an accident, but when you do, what's going to happen, right? So thanks. Thanks a million, guys. So let's move on to, let's talk about the future a little bit. And Gilbert, I'm going to pick on you first because this is kind of your wheelhouse, right? There's all these electronics out there, right? I could, uh, you, you know, we always make fun of shows we used to see in the past and all the things we see. But then we look at the shows about the future and we go, wow, will that really be a thing, right? Like, will this fire truck pull up and then a drone shoots out of the top of it? And and uh, what will the lights look like? I think LED lighting, you can... You know, we'll talk about that. That was a game changer in the fire service and, and how we do things. So what, what does the future look like? What crazy things are out there? Well, it's, uh, it's definitely like in, even in the past 15 years, when I started working here, LED lighting was mostly a novelty still. Like if you wanted seen lighting, it was still halogen. And now you have 20, 28,000 lumen single LED light heads. The future, oh, you could... There's so many things, so many conceptual ideas like electric fire trucks. I know we make we make fun of them right now, but uh, it is like the entire world is going to electric vehicles, and it's it's going to be a matter of time and, uh, before you until you see one. Like uh, there, uh, the, the technology isn't quite uh, developed yet, but it's definitely coming. I love Tesla, man. You, you guys are building a Tesla fire truck. You phone me. Yeah, <laughs> I, want, I want to buy that thing. <laughs> yeah. But, but having talking about technology, I constantly um, I research a lot, and there's there's always ideas that um, that um, you you simply uh, you come across and you find ways to incorporate it. And how many times we've been sitting around the room together and we talk about emergency lighting, right? So you kind of went from you had the two red rotators on the top that went so slow that literally the gears sometimes stopped and they would get stuck on a bump and you know to today's where we actually have to dial it back a bit because it's so so bright yeah it's so over the top that it'll actually you know affect people's driving around yeah there's it's it's getting so bright that now we're going the opposite way we're talking about situation and awareness where we where we have specific patterns that work on in specific scenarios if the truck's in park you go to a less intense flash patterns so that people are, are not blinded and you can do your job safely right like, yeah and, and we don't think of that right we just want a fire truck flashy lights give us a siren and 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 now you know you can get all of these different options so so tim back to the business side of that that can't be an easy thing to kind of manage like you're you're trying to try new technologies but keep the tried and true stuff going and well fortunately for us uh, we have a great uh, network of suppliers that uh, make the equipment for us we get to choose who we buy from and whether or not we wish to 
uh, incorporated into our emergency vehicles. But uh, and in most cases, when that equipment arrives, uh, the brain work's been done, and we have to do the practical part of installation and testing. But yeah, going forward, I don't think uh, the method of water on the wet stuff on the red stuff will change. I think we'll be using water to extinguish fires. But uh, what I see coming is technology to a new level in terms of knowing exactly where your emergency vehicle is, the temperature of your engine, the, the, the oil pressure and everything, the state of emergency lighting, where it's sitting, it's uh, any diagnostics, any, all parameters on that emergency vehicle, including its service records and everything, be available on an app. I find that exciting going forward. I think that's close. Yeah, run, I think last time I was in uh, Indy there, they had a pump that runs off Bluetooth to an app on your phone. And, you know, there's just all these things that uh, it's crazy. I don't know how it's going to impact staffing. I don't know how it's going to impact the trucks. I don't, But I do know it's going to impact the, the fire service in a big way. So it's cool to kind of think of the future. And then, you know, we also see these gimmicks, right? They come and they go. And you guys weed that out before they end up on a fire truck, which is great. But it's just... Uh, People like to say things like, you know, oh, the fire department, 150 years of tradition unimpeded by change. But I actually think to myself, the fire department changes as much or more than any other industry. Like you, you talked about the fire trucks, the lights, how they change, the trucks, how they change. The first one you built to the last one, you know, is just walking through the factory floor and there's four different trucks in different stages of being built there. And uh, none of them are like the 1989 fire truck we were working around last week, right? And so, and people, oh yeah, but those aren't out there. Th those are still out there. They're still being used, being replaced by these new ones. So what does it look like in 20 years? I guess we'll just have to stay tuned. Maybe we'll do another, that's it. We'll vow to be together here in 20 years. We'll do another one of these and talk about what it's like, right? So switching gears, let's talk about another one of my favorite things about coming here and, and about this factory and, and Acres Emergency Vehicles is that this is a bit of a family business, right? So, you know, the, the people that work here, you could have brothers, you could have cousins, you can have, um, you know, uh, different families working here. But no matter what, it's a family within a family on a community that's a family, right? And so um, I feel that. You know, you live in it every day. It's probably harder for you, but I feel that uh, that closeness when we come. And every time I come here, I run into somebody working the plant floor, talking about the different things and how this job impacts them and how they fit into it. Um, there really is no unimportant jobs here. Every job that everybody does is super important and very accurate. Put. And uh, put together the fire truck that that works right. And so for me, it doesn't matter. It, you know, one time I come here and there's a young guy counting bolts. And I was like, oh, that must be a boring job. And he actually took me aside and he's like, this is a very important job, right? This is like, we're trying to do our year end and every one of these bolts has to account for something. And like, by the time he was done, I was like, gee, <laughs> you know, wow, that that's awesome. I never thought of that, right? Kind of changed my whole perspective. Now I don't say anything like that when I'm walking around, right? Might be offending somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, just that he had that level of being in tune with the business, being in tune with the community that, you know, he, he didn't think it was unimportant or boring or, or a tough job. He just thought that's his job. And, uh, you know, we go uh, up to the wire room where we build the all the harnesses, right? And and so today a lady came up to us and was talking about building the harnesses upstairs and what that's like and, and why she's doing it. And so all of that stuff, you know, super, super touching, super cool that everyone in the community just wants to be part of it because, you're you're doing this great thing and building these great trucks, right? Is that how, how do you feel about that? What's it like working with family day in day out? 
Well, it's it's definitely uh, I couldn't speak for, from the other side because I've always done it. So, yeah. but it's definitely it's definitely got its challenges. But it also there's a lot of re- rewards to that because you you get to work with people you know you and. Uh, isn't it more fun to work with people you know? Like yeah, yeah, it's a family it's business a family turning business. out a quality product yeah. on something that's, uh, you know, it's not just a business around here, right? It's a way of life. Yeah, it's awesome. No doubt. Tim, how's it for you? You're the guy that's got to kind of ramrod all this stuff and figure out the trucks and the... Well, as as Gilbert mentioned, it's uh, we've never seen it any other way, so we don't get to speak of the other of the other side of the story but the hutterite community that's common and especially the last uh, i'd say 20 years uh, the margins have been much tighter on the agricultural and livestock operation side so you'll see more hutterite communities uh, investing into manufacturing businesses and therefore employ more people within a within a single industry as we do here at acres so but our upbringing is is a lot about uh, you know self respect and high moral values and uh, and those are ingrained in us and taught us on a daily basis as we grow up from being little children to where we are today. So I think you know when we speak when when Gilbert speaks of those challenges which most definitely present themselves, you always fall back on those values that you were taught when you were brought up and. I like to use the analogy a lot, uh, you know, the glass is, is, is half full, it's not half empty, it's a great day. Yeah, no, it's be- it's it's awesome. And, and I mean, any family business, right? I, I look and, and I think to myself, you got this critical role, you're trying to build this complex machine. You know, I only have one brother, but if him and I were doing it, there'd be some bloodshed around from time to time. We'd need a kid just to clean up after us. But, uh, you know, you guys are pulling it off. You're doing a great job. You know, Tim, you work with your dad, who's right there, and, and your two brothers work, you know, offices right beside yours here. And uh, at least when I'm here, you guys always pull off that everyone's getting along. And oh, it's yeah. going good, right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and it's fun to see, right? You can see right from those young kids, right? We just walked by a young guy pushing a broom on a Saturday trying to get the place cleaned up for the next shift. And, and uh, you know, I'd love to have him in here because what's he thinking, Right. He probably wants to be Gilbert someday when he grows up and do all the electronics, right? Or he wants to go on that next delivery and try and, and drop a truck off and see what it's like. And so you can see the hopes and dreams of all the young guys, just the same as everybody else. And yeah, and they're definitely like you. In the way we we grew up, we kind of apprentice into the jobs, and it definitely uh, you develop an interest for stuff like that. And like like when I was a young lad, I had really no interest in firefighting but now it's i i'm a firefighter paramedic and i build fire trucks full time so what more do you need yeah you got like the firefighter's dream job yeah. right you're surrounded by fire trucks on a f- fire department and now we're in here talking about firefighting it doesn't get much better than that right so uh, it's good it's good i you know built for a life of service acres emergency vehicles you guys uh i i owe you my family's lives. Uh, lots of other firefighters owe you their safety and security and communities that uh, that you protect. You know, thanks for doing that. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for being part of that. Uh, you know, Tim, got anything else you want to add before we wrap it up, buddy? You know what? Uh, we, we talked about equipment and, uh, and applying the equipment uh, to emergencies today, but one thing I would like to to add is our administrative system and 
how that's come for me and worked for me over the past 22 years. But uh, I'd say about 12 years ago, I was done mentally. I couldn't go on. We uh, we had we were running our operation on three different uh, software platforms and none talked to each other. So there was a ton of manual labor. I would personally, before a truck would even hit the floor, have invested over a hundred hours per emergency vehicle. So it could not go on like this. And by the grace of God, we uh, we found uh, we reached out and started doing research, and I came across this uh, ERP technology, and which has basically all the different modules that you would need within a manufacturing organization, uh, ARAP, general ledger, quote modules, sales order modules, job order mod modules. And now we can quote a, a vehicle in less than five hours because it's all been pre-programmed. Every option that we sell on an emergency vehicle has an option number and uh, that option number holds the specifications and the bill of materials. And that's something that inspires me even today, Jamie, it's Saturday afternoon, we're talking fire trucks. I could, we could end this conversation and I could go back to work because the system is at a point where I'd say it's 99% accurate. So every emergency vehicle that we build is now data managed to a point where we know virtually every part that was ever sold and delivered on that emergency vehicle for the life of that of that vehicle i think people don't think about that right like all that goes into it it's not just you buy a chassis and slam some stuff on there and you know even when i'm walking out on the plant floor and and uh, i'll be shooting out a bunch of pictures today but the you know the the machines that you have for cutting the material the welding machine that uh, your welders use to weld it your your painting booth the uh, you know everybody putting the trucks together and the, like this is just such an amazing group of people that has to come together with such great equipment and the background you're talking about i mean all of the engineering that has to happen and all the you know we're, we're taking these big fire trucks we're racing them around out there and they got a pump and they got to work and and you have all the pressure that gilbert was talking about and the stories you shared there's just so much to it Right. And so anyone that's listening, I'd always tell you, like, if you ever someone says to you, hey, do you want to go to a plant and look at how a fire truck's built? Just say yes. Doesn't matter where it is or what's going on. Um, just say yes. The answer is yes, because you got to see it. I mean, they're built different ways at different places, but uh, there's nothing like being on the plant floor and seeing where a fire truck's born when you're a firefighter. Right. And uh, you guys do that work. So. So thanks for that. Oh, you're very welcome, Jamie. Okay. Thanks for listening to Growing Up Fire today. Follow me on Instagram at Chief Coots to comment or send questions. We appreciate your support.